powered by Riverside. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of What the Football Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Conway T. And let me tell you, it has been quite the week in English football. We've had no fewer than, how many is it? 18 games played over the weekend and, of course, midweek, with plenty of action happening in the Premier League. We discussed it last week. We said, I wonder what the Premier League table is going to look like. A week from now. Well, yeah, we have it. I'm just going to run through some stuff for you boys, and then we'll dive straight in. So last week, this is what the table read. City, obviously first. Liverpool second. Chelsea third. West Ham in fourth. Uh, United in fifth. Arsenal in sixth. We had Wolves in eighth, and Spurs in seventh. Maybe throw a question out there, boys. What do you think has happened to the table without looking into it? Who do you think has moved places? Or are we looking at exactly the same table? Uh, I think Wolves may have gone up a little bit after their win against Spurs. But other than that, it's pretty much the same. It's hard to judge, though, because there's teams that got games in hand. And, you know, some teams are playing, others aren't. And there's still a lot of games to catch up. So it's it's touch and go at the moment. It's like every game is like a cup final, especially for that top four race. Um, because you, you, you drop points and all of a sudden you, you're playing catch up. So going to be a, a long battle till the end of the season to say the least a battle indeed Rads. and you you know i'll give you a point there wade this is conway's trivia section in case you didn't know but i'll definitely give you a point for that one wolves actually were the only team in the t- in the top eight to move um and they obviously jumped above spurs uh, spurs at one stage had three games in hand and ended up moving from seven to eight so they are certainly going in the wrong direction um, Rads, maybe to you, I might ask you a little bit of a different question. Who do you think actually gained ground, as in extended their leads over particular um, battles? I guess top four, maybe top of the table. Where did you see the, the teams gaining ground? Not so much. Yeah, Particularly talking talk about, about top the top eight. eight. Yeah. It's, it's a bit... It's hard, like like Wade was saying. With these uneven games, it's, it's just hard to tell. I know Arsenal got... Three games in hand, but those game in hands are, are tough games. It's Liverpool, Chelsea, and Spurs. Um, so it's, it's just it's just too hard to say. Like you, you, you want to see it get to a point where these games are all on level pegging. I think. Um, I think in the bottom of the table, I can see more movement than on the top at the moment. Um, I think that's where it's getting real tasty with the. Um, with the movements up and down, you know, we we went into a game with Everton looking a shambolic mess against Newcastle, um, and then turning it around uh, against Leeds. So and and looking really good against Leeds. So you know, um, Brentford have gone on a on a shocking run, and all of a sudden, and I said it early early in the season that they won that could can start the season well, but as you get to the to the this is the end of the season and teams are figuring it out. You can get dragged in and they look like one that can get dragged in as well. So I think at the bottom is a little bit more interesting. I think in the top, you know, United have been disappointing in the results they've got. Um, you know, I think there was a real opportunity in the last two games for United to 
to gain ground. I think, um, you know, United getting points against Burnley and Southampton uh, would have them comfortably in top four and having, you know, the rest looking at a gap, um, even with their games in hand. Now with the game in hand, you know, the gap's not that big, so it's, it's going to be it's gonna be very tight. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the way I see it. Well, it's interesting you say that, gents. I guess uh, what I will point out is the following. So the top, the top two obviously picked up maximum points, so not much to discuss there. Of course, what it did mean is that it did allow Liverpool and, and probably City to catch up games on Chelsea, who were out uh, apparently becoming world champions at the time. Um, so they've extended the leads, you know, City's gap to Chelsea, gents. You don't want to take a guess what that currently 18 is at? points, Sixteen points. So the current world champions are sixteen points behind the current English champions. I'll let that sink in for a bit. Um, of course, Liverpool have extended their lead over third place Chelsea, extending that to seven points. The biggest movers of the weekend were actually Watford. So they managed to gain, obviously, two points on a direct rival, being United, as they picked up four out of six points. United, unfortunately, getting those paltry draws, which saw them pick up only two points out of the six. Arsenal picking up three out of three because one of their games was called off. So they actually also made some ground on United um, with an extra point. And, of course, they do have those two or three games in hand. So it's really getting tasty. And, of course... Wolves, in terms of the actual numbers, the biggest movers, leapfrogging uh, uh, Spurs into seventh. Um, Spurs looking a bit dire, uh, so to say. Um, not talking about the centre-back, who's just as poor as probably the rest of the Spurs team currently. But Spurs looking rather average wage. I mean, you called it a while ago. You did say maybe Conte could turn them around. The first time Conte has lost three games in a row in, in many a moon. And you know what? It looks like it's going to continue. Next up, it doesn't get much easier. Manchester City. Are you beginning to feel like, uh, you know, whether it be Conte or anybody at the helm, Spurs are, are not going uh, to... I don't think I'm willing to write them off just yet. And once again, it just comes down to the Conte factor. I think I've mentioned a few times now, if you watch Spurs playing and Conte wasn't the manager, you'd probably say, no, nah, I don't think this team is going to make um, top four, you know, if you're just watching the way they play. But, you know, Conte is a manager that can, that can get results. He's proven... And I think that's the only thing now that's um, respectable for Spurs at the moment. Obviously, you've got Kane and Son, um, who can pull a, a rabbit out of the hat when they need it. Um, Mora at times is good. But I, I don't rate the Spurs squad. I think I said to you guys very early on in the season that I, I feel like the Arsenal squad is actually better than the Spurs squad. I don't see too many of those guys getting into the Arsenal team, to be honest. Um, obviously, outside of Kane and Son, those guys are world-class. But yeah, I think it's going to be a struggle for them. You just look at that squad. They're so poor. Defensively, they've been a shambles, which is, you know, you don't often say that about Conte teams. He usually builds from the back. Well, I was just, I was, I was you know, you make that point there, Rudd, and I might, uh, sorry, Wade, and I might just turn it to Rudd, but Conte, defensive-minded, tactically astute, sets up teams to grind. Spurs, by the time they play Manchester City on Saturday, excluding the FA Cup game, they would have not won a game in, a, in in over a month in the Premier League. And having said that, they would have also conceded um, eight goals. So clearly something is not right there, Rudd. Well, where, do you put the, where do you point the finger? 
I mean, surely we expect Conte to to set up in. in he wanted to bring sure in a defender, and he tried to ball. bring in a defender, and he couldn't. So I think that's one thing he'll point to. You know, I think um, in terms of the personnel he brought in, they were not on top of his list. You know, they were like third, fourth, fifth choices. Um, you know, everyone said, "Oh, these are kind of Conte players." You know, they 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 come from left field, but there were players that were struggling to get into an average Juventus team. You know, that's what it was. So. Now, I, I did question those signings when they've come in. And, you know, if Conte's, you know, he'll, he'll always protect himself. So he's called out the squad very early. And he said the level at Spurs is not where it should be. And the signings he has hasn't changed that. So I think you give players an excuse and, they find, and, and, and they'll go into it. So I think I thought it was strange that he was kind of making those excuses so early before they had started dropping points. Um, so, yeah. They're not out of it yet. I think they can go on a run. The thing is, I was saying in a chat the other day to you guys, like with the top of the table battle, like for the title, you drop a point and it's the and, and it's, it can end the title race. When you're battling for top four, all those teams are going to drop points. You know, so um, it doesn't end anything. Um, but three in a row is pretty bad. Um, so I, th- I think, you know, if you're moving into four and five in a row territory, it might be out of, out of sight by then but the other team's got to got to pick up points so you know luckily for Spurs us oh, sorry lucky for Spurs West Ham United haven't taken advantage because they could have extended that gap even further and they I haven't. think um as well Rudds you mentioned the signings that Spurs yes, made this is the reason why you don't go and sign third or fourth or, or fifth choice players if they're not going to impact on your team there's no point in bringing them in. You know what I mean? I don't know. Do they make any of those guys permanent, or they're both loans? Kulisevsky and um, Bentico. They both loan signings, or I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. I'm not sure. I think one of them. I think one of permanent. them is permanent. Yeah. So um, now you're stuck with yeah, that guy. You're stuck with another average player now, long term. He's he's taking up a spot in the squad, you know, and that that closes the door to you know perhaps another a better signing coming in. So. This this speaks to that point that I think we we were we were talking about a couple of weeks ago when we were saying that you know there's people out there that can improve the Arsenal squad but there's no point if you start going down to third fourth fifth choice it's you have to start questioning it and say listen let's give one of the younger guys a go instead so yeah it speaks to that point. I I think to your point too Wade you know I often listen to to Pep talk and and obviously. Um, Klopp the same and I fully agree with you you know I, I think Klopp said it himself at Liverpool with the way the, the transfer strategy works nine times out of ten the people that they pick are the ones they want and also they have to work so you know with, to your point with Conte complaining about the players and then bringing in maybe not his first choice uh, you know that speaks of either he's not getting the support he, he requires at Spurs or um, there's just no money to actually do anything with the players that they actually want to bring in. I, I struggle to see the language Conte is using. Guys, I struggle to see him lasting beyond, and I mean him, staying in the job beyond the end of the season. I think he, you know, the language he's used consistently about how poor the squad is. Then you come into January and you make signings again where, as you said, are probably not going to make any impact. And then thirdly, he's coming out in the media and basically throwing the players every time under that bus, getting no reaction from them, mind you, in terms of their performances. 
the type of guy that he is, if he's not back straight away, I mean, he's the type of guy that can almost, you know, Jose like burn the castle down very quickly and just piss off into the sunset. So it'll be very interesting yeah. to see how this plays out over the next four or five months. He's not there. I think for he could long be longer there, long, longer than six to eight months. Though thing. I think he could um, oversee the transfer market at least in in the off season. And if it's if the transfer market is not to his liking, then he'll walk away before the season starts. That's that's my call on him. He won't walk away at the end of the season without having a go at at what they can bring in. And if he has no joy there, that's when I think because that's how he's walked away from from Inter in the past and from Juventus in the past where he's wanted them to go in the transfer market and they, and they didn't. And it was in that pre-season transfer market that he's right. walked away. And I, and, and I think that would be the think same case. That... Because where does he go to? Yeah. From, yeah. Do you think that um, if he does sit it out till the summer and, and goes through that transfer window, do you think that Spurs can make signings that are going to actually push Liverpool or City to challenge for the title because that's what Conte would want, right? You, you heard him saying in his interview the other day, it's hard for him to talk about fourth place. He's not used to that. So he obviously, he's going to need players yeah. that are going to push Liverpool and, and City, the likes of Chelsea even, you know, and that they, they are miles off that. They need about seven players, I feel, to, to really challenge. Yeah. So, I mean... And I think... Well, and I... I want to point. I want to paint. I want to say something just on that, and I'll go back to the just to show how much Spurs have fallen. I remember a few seasons ago when probably Klopp maybe before just came in, probably just prior. Spurs were effectively beating Liverpool to signings. I remember quite a few signings where we were going head to head, and sometimes the guys were choosing Spurs over Liverpool. This Luis Diaz one showed the differences between the clubs. One, he actually came out, or his agents did anyway, and said. You know, the interest from Tottenham was there. They were all looking thing. The moment Liverpool made their intentions clear, Luis Diaz and effectively the whole of Colombia, I read an article where the people in Colombia really didn't actually want him to go to Spurs. They they believed he was, and they said it uh, in terms of wanting to be with an elite manager at an elite club that is performing at the top of their game. So clearly to your point, how on earth is Conte going to be able to compete to bring in the players that he wants effectively to to compete with City, Liverpool, Chelsea, um, you know, to get that job done. I, I just it, don't it depends see this depends on what, what he sees all. as being realistic. I know he's not used to it, but he's also not used to having a, a squad that he feels is not the level he needs it to be. And and what that journey will look like for him to get there. It won't it won't be done in one transfer window. So whether he's going to give himself some time and he's going to to do it is another question. Mm. So whether he's saying, look, it'll take me two to three years to, to build a team that can challenge for the title. And Danny, Daniel Levy is like, yep, uh, I'll support you through that. If the if he came in thinking that Spurs will win the league within the first 18 months of him being there, then I think he's, he's, he's deluded. There's Why no the 18-month deal then? You know, that's that's another thing that makes no sense. Then well, that's, What's that's the point of an 18-month yeah. deal? Is it just to gauge where you're at after that 18 months and see... If he wants to extend, well, the, the eighteen-month deal is on the back of him rejecting them Long, oh, in the yeah. first place. Yeah. Well, so he rejected them in you know they went through what four mm. or five managers before they got to Nuno, and one of them was Conte, and he wasn't happy with the project then. So I think it protects them both to say, look, let's let's see how it works out, and if it's not, then 
we can cut ties with minimal damage um, in terms of you know what 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 the pockets look like. But then if it works in his favor, and that's why I think he'll. He, I don't know. Look, he, I, can't, I can't see him. I think yeah. I can't see him pretty much going back to Italy. Mm. Um, you know, and and then back yeah. in the Champions League and back competing with the Italian league. That's a lot poorer than the other leagues. I think um, I, I don't think it's unfair to say that um, the Italian teams look a long way away from challenging at that highest level. Um, I can't see him going there. Look, maybe maybe PSG. Maybe that'll be an option. Uh, PSG might be looking for manager um, this at the end of the season. All, all signs point to them parting ways with uh, Pochettino um, anyway. Um, with, I know they've been talking Zidane up. But I think Zidane wants the national team, so maybe maybe that's an option for Conte, and maybe that's why the eighteen months as well. You know, if another team comes in, then it's a it's a small little compensation that needs to be paid for him. Well, certainly interesting times indeed, gents. And I guess uh, as these games progress, we'll find out more and more about it. Um, as you said, I guess shifting to the bottom end of the table, rather the biggest movers there were obviously Newcastle. Some great results. Kieran, Tripp, uh, Kieran Trippier showing his uh, free kick prowess. And of course, now Newcastle have, have, have moved out of that relegation zone. Of course, now sitting on uh, 21 points with a bit of a four-point uh, gap towards Norwich. Um, Wade, what do you make of those bottom three? I mean, you know, I probably said, you know, Newcastle didn't do enough with their signings. Um, but clearly, the you know it's the signings that are actually making a difference. With Dunk, um, not Dunk, sorry, um, Burn, Dan Burns. Uh, I can't get his name now. Uh, Dan Burns, sorry, yep. Who you know had another solid performance uh, defensively from the back. You've got another defender, Kieran Trippier, scoring free kicks and looking like buddy Lionel, Lionel Messi on the edge of the box. And of course, the the gap towards Norwich and and Watford extended. Burnley, of course, looking absolutely dire. Do you think that bottom three is, is pretty much done, or do you think you know Everton and Newcastle? Uh, I think Newcastle in probably did just about enough in January to at least survive. Um, well, Trippier heard is, is injured. He's something he hurt his foot, so he might be out for the rest of the season. He broke but, a bone yeah. in his foot. He broke a, he broke a bone yeah, in his foot. It's a so big blow. He's been he's been you know monumental. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. he's been a touch of quality. Look, we haven't seen massive, um, we haven't seen Bruno much yet. Um, I, I can't say I watched the Villa game. To be fair, um, did he play in the Villa game yet? Bruno Gumeris came off the bench again. Did he? Look, he was he was very uh, influential uh, at Leon. He's a very highly uh, highly rated player um, by all accounts. You know, some of his numbers were up there with the best in Europe at Leon. So if he comes into the team and, and can have a, a similar impact uh, than the one he had in France, um, I think he'll be strong for them. I think Newcastle will be safe. I'm looking at them now. Um, they're closer to probably uh, Brentford than they are to the bottom three almost now, just a few points away from them. So you fear for uh, for Frank. I know he bounced back well um, in, in the second game, but Everton are still very close to that uh, to those bottom three but if i had to put money on it now i would say those those bottom three yeah. are probably locked in at this point
But just before you jump in, I'm looking at the fixture list currently coming up for some of these guys. Burnley, next five games. Spurs, Leicester, Brighton, Palace, Chelsea. That's a hell of a run to go on. I mean, they could effectively pick up two points if they're lucky from that run, you know. Uh, Watford, it doesn't get much easier for them either. They, you know, they've got Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, United, Arsenal, Southampton. Very, very tricky fixtures indeed. You know, playing nobody actually around them. Norwich have to play Liverpool, uh, Leeds, Chelsea, Saints. So you, I look at that bottom three and I see fixtures there that they are likely not going to pick up a lot of points in. Um, whereas I think Newcastle and Everton will probably have enough to kind of scrape results here and there. I guess the one, the unknown is, is Lampard for me at, at, at Everton, as you said, Wade. And maybe that's the... Maybe they're more inclined, Rudds, to get sucked in there. Or do you think Lamps is actually uh, going to turn that corner, as we spoke about before? No, I think they actually got quite some tough games as well, if I look at Everton's fixture. I think Wolves are a nice fixture for a lot of teams that play the way that Frank wants to play. I think, um, you know, Bielsa has proven he doesn't change the way he plays for anybody. So, um, and, and Lampard knows that. So I think um, it was a good fixture for Everton. I think they come into a really good Southampton team. Um, they've not lost a game in the last 10. They're on a really good run. They play really good football. They press high. Um, they, they they've playing been fantastic. I think they then yeah. play Man City. They've really been good. They then play Man City. They then play Spurs. Um, so I think Everton got a real tough game. And if they are oh, a real tough run of, of immediate fixtures. And, you know, I think after, if, after they play Spurs, they play Wolves. You know, I, I can see them losing all those games um, or at least, you know, not picking up too many points. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they come down and play Watford and, you know, that's that's all of a sudden a six-pointer. So I, I don't think Frank Lampard's out of, the, um, out of that um, bottom fight just yet. Yeah, it will definitely be interesting indeed as the as the fixtures come in thick and fast over the coming weeks. Uh, I think the table will look a lot clearer uh, when we do get to that uh, business end around early April. Um, I guess one of the things I did I did want to point out, gents, and um, it might be something to to look at is um, I guess what are your thoughts on you know we we spoke about Everton, we spoke about Newcastle. We saw the up-and-down performance of Leeds um, again, you know, winning the previous week. I think it was against, um, oh, sorry, drawing actually coming back against Aston Villa, which was very plucky, but then being completely outclassed by Everton in that in that performance. We spoke about Bielsa. Do, do we think it's just the Bielsa effect will effectively keep them up, Wade? Um, or, or can you see someone like Leeds being, being sucked in there uh, at the end? I mean, they just seem to be doing They're definitely a team that's in the conversation to go down because you don't know what you're going to get with them week to week, as you said. Um, like, they can come in and bang goal, banging goals against any team, but on the other end, they concede goals for fun as well. So, um, mm -hmm. it's so tough to call with leads, honestly. You don't, know, you don't know what they're going to do on any given week. So, I wouldn't say they're out of it because they're, you know, they're only, what, six points... Um, Six points ahead of the, the bottom three. Um, well, yeah, how about, yeah, yeah. How about I tell you the next four games, which are Jeez. Liverpool, United, Liverpool, United, Spurs, and Leicester. Yeah. 
So, I mean, you, yeah, you could absolutely. easily see Leeds um, picking up absolutely no points. Look, I, I wouldn't count them out of that stat race for relegation either, to be honest. I think they're going to be right in it. Um, again, I, I'd, I'd put money on those bottom three probably going down if I had to bet now. Uh, but I think with Leeds, they could easily find themselves in that position, especially after hearing their fixture list for the next few weeks. So it's touch and go, man. It's so close. It's close at the bottom. Uh, and it's close in that top four race as well. It's it's really week by week, which makes the league so exciting because it almost feels like every week you're watching now and it's like a final. You know, if you drop points, someone else might um, might gain some points on you and then you, you find yourself happen? playing catch-up. So um, I think Leeds are, Leeds are going to yeah, be in that scrap definitely. until most the end definitely. of the season. Yeah. But um, I think, yeah, look, it's going to be very interesting when it does come to fruition, Rudds. And I think we'll see it play out over the coming weeks. Before. Yeah, look, I think... Um... <laughs> I, you know, I, don't, I don't speak that language, right? I don't know. What, what, what... <laughs> I think you get back to English, um, Wade. Yeah, I, I think um, <laughs> it's funny that Leeds-Everton game... Leeds, I think hit the hit the woodwork three times in that game, um, but they and they had no shots on target outside of that um, <laughs> anyway. Um, but they, they're just one of those teams that they still tried and play expansively and take risks and just leaves them more exposed. So I think that's that's why it was a it was a game that you know just kind of opened up um, for Everton. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I guess uh, we'll see how it plays out. But it, clearly, those bottom six have some very, very tricky fixtures to get through. And I guess the table will will probably pan out in, in the weeks ahead. Um, and that's something we'll probably see unfold as it goes on. I guess shifting gears, uh, Rudds, um, we've unfortunately have lost one of our colleagues, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Wade has, I think that's him being sucked into the... Uh, black hole of the internet unfortunately he's uh been lost but we'll continue on and push through to the show don't forget i might as well give a plug in right now you can catch us on the socials of facebook twitter and of course instagram where we post daily on your latest epl doings there's some uh, a lot of comedy on there but there's also some good stats for you to follow on the daily and of course you can always catch our show every episode from season one to season four on the What the Football podcast at Ped, on Podbean and, of course, Apple Podcasts. But, uh, Rudds, unfortunately, we have lost Wade, but <laughs> there is a bit of audio. And, uh, look, I don't want to – I definitely don't want to make this as if it's always uh, an attack on your club. But uh, I do think there was a really, really interesting thing said by one of your former legends um, in the week. And there seems to be a lot of stories emanating from uh, from United, players unrest and so forth. So I, I just want to play this audio. Look, it's going to go on for a little bit. So we might dissect it afterwards for a few minutes. Um, so if you don't mind, just sit back and, and take a listen. Obviously, all that nonsense is happening behind the scenes at Manchester United. And I don't know that from a point of view of intelligence. I don't speak to anybody in the club. I genuinely don't. But I can see it because I read the newspapers and I read the sort of, you know, with, I'm on social media and I see the stories coming out of so-and-so wants to leave, you know, they want him as the manager or they want that as the manager. And I'm thinking, oh my and gosh. you never had that in your era, do you? I mean, no. I never remember mood stories coming about. Um, he's unhappy with the coaching. He doesn't like, you know, 
don't think it's boring and that kind of stuff. Well, I thought that was downright disrespectful on Friday. I didn't, I, I didn't find it funny at all. The fact that they were describing uh, the, the number two of uh, Ralph Ranick as Ted Lasso, I didn't find it funny at all. I thought it was disrespectful. I thought it was disgusting, in fact. In fact, it actually summed up what I think of them, that they are disrespectful. Um, I think if I was... Uh, I think if I was Ralph Ranick and he's number two, to be honest with you, I would gain strength from that because I wouldn't want to be on the same page as some of those players that are leaking that story, those types of stories. I mean, no, it never happened in my time, but we had, we had the greatest level of stability. I always remember when I joined Sky and we had the Champions League in the early years and I went over to Napoli to do a game. I don't know if you were doing that game in Napoli. It was Chelsea v Napoli and Bias Boas was the manager. And I don't know if you remember, he left out, I think, Frank Lampard, SEN, Cole. He left out four or five prominent players. He was obviously in his sort of last days. And managers do that, don't they? Just sort of like say, free hit. And I always remember sat there at lunchtime with uh, the Sky sort of team that were there that day and the calls coming through to our team and other journalists that were sat around us, you know, slagging off the manager and sort of saying that, you know, leaking team news. And I was like, does this actually happen? Players' agents, players' PR teams are briefing the media on a match day about what's going on in the club. And it was the first time that I'd ever sort of seen it and known it happened. Um, and it really unnerved me. But it's happening at Manchester United now. They're at it. They're at it. The PR teams, the, um, their marketing teams, their agents, they're at it. They're protecting themselves through self-preservation of their own player. But what they don't realise is, unfortunately, that when they do go and speak to the media, those media people come and speak to us. So we find out about it, so we know who's briefing. And the reality of it is, we don't like it. Now, I'm not going to, obviously, you know, we're not going to throw people under a bus here, because obviously, we, you know, you have that sort of journalistic respect. But the fact of the matter is, they're at it. Just like the Chelsea team were all those years ago, this Manchester United team are at it. Self-preservation, looking after one another, excuses all the time. Stop it. Go in. Work as hard as you can. Do the best you can. Never give in. Represent you, your family, the club, the very best you can every single game. If you get picked, go for it. If you don't get picked, support the lads on the pitch who are there. That's it. That's your job. Don't think of anything else in life. Don't try and be clever. Don't try and blame anybody else. Don't try and push your messages out and thinking that they're buying. We're not buying them. Thank you. So, I mean, gents, uh, a lot, a hell of a lot there to unpack from Gary Neville. And... You know, this isn't just some fly-by guy kind of making comments. Neville is, Neville is generally, uh, rivalries aside, a level-headed kind of individual that provides good content um, and good analysis. And clearly, Rudds, you know, I guess from your perspective, you painted this picture with Ragnik of, you know, players buying in and looking like part of the system. But leaking stories, there's clearly, as he said, self-preservation, a lot of stuff happening in the background at United that, Obviously, some of us aren't privy to, and it looks like it looks like things aren't all as they seem, and there's clearly a divide amongst a, a lot of the the players and the management of what's going on. What, you know, and I said it, I, I said it before. I want to put a disclaimer. This isn't a bashing of United every week, but there's always something it, coming a, out of United at this point. There's, there's always um, going to be something. Yeah, I just wanted to hear your view on it. Going to be the way that you expect him to do. You know, as soon as his results go the other way, then you hear none of these stories. And one thing he did pick up on is like, you know. Um, if you're not in the team, support the guys that are out there. Don't so so. It's obviously from what he said, as someone who's not in the team. And I think if if, if I was gonna point fingers, I probably suspect it'd be someone like Jesse Lingard, who's a little bit disgruntled, meant to get a move, he didn't get a move. He's unhappy with the club, and you know, then unhappy with the way trainings and stuff are going out. So the, the one thing that um, has been said, not just about um, 
Chris Armis and, and Ragnick is around very old school methods of, of training. And that is self-preservation from the players because this is a guy coming in, changing a team tactically. Yeah. And when you do, do I mean, our coach and I know when, you, when you're working on tactics, you can't do that by doing rondos and doing, you know, little small drills. It's got to be 11 versus no. 11. And that is old school, but you've got to have 11-11 so the yeah. players can start playing the way you expect. Um, what has happened on the field is yeah, that correct. the style of play is coming together. You can see it. United are playing good football. Although it's not not going on for the 90 minutes and there's some weakness in terms of, particularly after the break where it's breaking down, but you can see what's what that something is working in terms of how, he's, how he wants to play. I think United um, in, in a... You, I like stats. I look at stats. Um, you know, stats to support what 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 the eye test is. And United um, have quite a, a good xG in all the games they've played. I think over the last three games, which are three draws, United had an xG of about ten goals, um, and that doesn't take into account talent, uh, particularly when you got one of the best finishers in the history of the game. Um, so you know that's understated. You've had some. And those also doesn't include disallowed goals um, for whatever reason. So, you know, the underlying numbers and stats are there. There's always going to be these stories coming out when things aren't going the way, particularly when players um, are coming up to the end of their contracts as well. Um, you know, if you're not helping me out and what I need to do, then um, it, it doesn't look good. But the only way to rectify it is on the field and getting results. And then all that noise disappears. So the longer United goes on a run where they're not getting wins, the more stories going to come out. You know, if, if tomorrow morning it's a 1-1 draw against Brighton and then next week we're going to hear more discontent and players talking about um, Ted Lasso coming in with, um, you know, muffins again for, for the owners or whatever. <laughs> Oh, wait, I guess, uh, I guess, to you, you know, just on what Rudz has said, you know, obviously these, these negative results are impacting what is actually going on at the club and players are, are, are trying to throw the coach and his staff under the bus quite clearly. Um, yeah. And Rudz has spoken about, you know, it looks like United are, are forming patterns on the field and there are elements that are looking good, but I guess the point still remains. There's a clear divide within the squad where that's coming from we're not quite sure we've obviously oh, we've heard some stories emanate that Ragnick is I don't believe the story but he's not a big fan of Ronaldo Ronaldo's currently on one of his longest barren spells in front of goal um it, it's all a bit all over the shop Wade what have you what have you made of it all and obviously listening to what Neville has said do you think uh yeah, do you think it's actually all... all, all well, uh, all you know, is, if, if reports are to be believed, then um, what it seems like is that things aren't great at the moment, you know. Um, I, obviously, I can relate to, to this because we had a lot of these same issues um, at Arsenal. You know, you've got big egos, players on big wages, uh, players with influence in the dressing room. And, you know, I think fans don't realize how important squad harmony is. You know, you can go out and buy uh, big-name players. I mean, United finished second last year, and they went out and bought Varane, Ronaldo, and Sancho. You know, there were talks of them winning the league coming into this season or really challenging for the league. And 
when you bring in that caliber of player, you're expected to take a massive step forward, you know, and if anything, yeah. And, and, and if anything, it's, it's, it's looking like they're further away now. So, um, you know, it's not just a matter of going out and spending money and bringing in quality players. You've got to make it work. You've got to get everyone on the same page, everyone singing to the same tune. And that takes time and that takes commitment from the team. Um, and, and like I said, I can relate to it because we've had to literally pay players to leave because they were disrupting the squad at Arsenal. And you're starting to, to see the benefits of that now because you look at the Arsenal team currently compared to where we were last year, which is probably a similar position that United are in now, where it seemed like there was just there was too many, too many big egos in the dressing room holding back the progression of the team. So... You know, squad harmony is, is massive. You need everyone to be on the same page. And, uh, you know, it looks like Ragnik is struggling with that now. But at the end of the day as well, guys, Ragnik hasn't, he hasn't coached a big team. You know, he's well, we, Hoffenheim, Leipzig. So this is a challenge for yeah, him. So you can talk about we've the tactics, but he hasn't got that experience of managing superstar players and that pressure every week where you have to win. He hasn't dealt with that. So, you know, the players is one side of it. But, you know, Rangnick is coming. He's an experienced manager. Everyone was talking about, you know, he's the master of the press, this, that, and the third. Um, and, you know, all the German managers respect him, look up to him. But it's different when you're under the bright lights. You're, under, you're at Old Trafford. And, you know, there's a different pressure that comes with it. So, yes, obviously, if, if the rumors are true and the players are revolting, you never want that. Um, you want everyone to fall in line. But at the same time, as as the manager, you know you you got to you got to keep those guys in check. That's you you got to expect this when you come to United. You're going to be dealing with these big egos. So the challenge now is going to be if he can turn that around, um, or you know if the hierarchy is going to back him to get rid of some of these guys in the summer if that needs to happen. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But it doesn't seem like they they're on the same page at the moment. Yeah, I would definitely agree with both both comments, guys. You know, I won't say much more on it, but it certainly is a uh, a slippery a slippery slope at Manchester United at the minute. And I guess um, between the players, the superstars, the the board, you know, the new CEO that's also come in, that's kind of got to find his feet, and of course, you know, the appointment of Ragnik. There's a lot of pieces to the puzzle that just currently aren't quite fitting. Having said that, you know, as Rod said, there have been there have been improvements um, in terms of some of the the the, the performances, uh, but again in stages of the game. And as we've said before, to implement the level of uh, expectation that Ragnik is trying, it may require actually dissecting that squad completely um, and keeping those that are buying into the philosophy and ultimately getting rid of those, even if that includes uh, the big man himself, Cristiano Ronaldo. But something we will certainly stay close to as the season progressions uh, progresses. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. One, two, three whiskeys. Uh, we will transition over, of course, to the fans' favorite segment. It is the trivia. Rudds, what's happening this week? Oh, hang on, hang on, Rudd. We haven't lost you yet, but I have you on mute and we can't actually hear you. Can you remind oh, me you last go. week that uh, it was, it was one apiece, right? So we're still tied. 
Wade got no. both, so Wade is two ahead. Wade got okay. both. Okay, I'm just double checking. You had your chance there, Connor, yeah. to try and. I should have, I should have thing, and he's frozen too, so I could have. <laughs> oh, I could was, have just was Wade live? He's, he's vanished off the face of the earth again, so I'm happy to just guess these on my own. Looks like he's turned his camera off to try get his uh, his audio back, but we can't hear anything. Wade, are you uh, perhaps there, son? Must be that Melbourne <laughs> weather. But, uh, <laughs> it is cold. <laughs> he's completely vanished again. All right, and I think Connell has managed to mute himself as well. <laughs> this is going. This is going. Really... A little bit of a, a little bit complicated, yeah. <laughs> you know, while we wait for Wade to actually get back on, there was um, there was something I had a look at uh, over the over the over the weekend, and it was what do we call it? The reemergence of of one Raheem Sterling scoring hat-tricks, getting amongst it. He's now actually back in the top three um, in terms of number of goals scored in the season. I mean, was were we a bit too hasty at the start thinking that Sterling was done and dusted? Or was it a case of fatigue maybe from the Euros you and, and kept managing him correctly? I think you were hasty. He's certainly you now back into the market. Team, uh, picked him up. Uh... <laughs> I saw that. I was getting yeah. frustrated. He yeah. was not playing any minutes. And it, I think it was, <laughs> was he just played hovering. a lot of minutes uh, after the Euros. So there was some protection of him. And then he also had a big player that they've spent $100 million on that you've got to play. Um, and I think um, as the season's progress, I yeah. think um, I've heard that um, there's some serious regrets from the Man City side on that signing. So they don't always get it right as well in terms of these big money signings. All You know, it's, it's, it's always a risk with all clubs, with all signings. Jack Grealish. You never quite know what's going to happen. And um, the the sentiment is they, they feel they should have spent that money on Kane instead of Grealish. The the concern with, with Sterling. Well, I just want to say that I just want to say that the moment I heard the fee for Grealish going to Manchester City, I thought that was one of the most yeah. ridiculous deals I've ever seen. Personally, uh, Grealish is a quality player, but this is a guy who doesn't start in the national team. This and, is a guy and he doesn't been, spot you know, for Raheem Sterling. Raheem Sterling is a the main player at Villa. So, so, so how you know how are you correct? Yeah, paying a hundred million for a backup player essentially. But the, can I say something about this? Is the levels right? If Liverpool had signed a player a hundred million and he failed, it's dude, disaster. we probably wouldn't sign anyone for the next three windows. City will dump Grealish in the background. He'll sit there, and next year, come the the transfer window, they'll probably make the, three. The more one thing is that I think that so Raheem Sterling's probably prepared himself to leave. He hasn't signed a new contract. He's into his last year, so he he may be one who who moves on. That. So. And then they've got the replacement there, so maybe that's what they, uh, what what the plan was from the start. Um, but yeah, Sterling is a quality seems like player. he um, seems um, like he loves the nightlife as well. There's been a few incidents. Well, yeah, Finish. Jack. There's been a couple of incidents. Yeah, he was pissed on the weekend, stumbling, stumbling yeah. all over the place. Yeah, so you know, Pep, Pep is yeah. You Jackie can just boy. imagine what that. <laughs> Pep does would love Pep, that one. So I think. So they questioned Pep in his press conference, and Pep was like, um, "I am very upset 
that they yeah, didn't invite I me. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he loves those tongue-in-cheek yeah. comments. Every was time, tongue every time the City right play badly or, you know, they, they don't get a result, it. he's like, oh, that was the best before. I've never yeah. seen us yeah. play that good. I was fantastic, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's with a straight face. Yeah. It's with a straight face, like, you know. <laughs> but, you know, in the, in, in, in the dressing room, those are getting caned. Uh, you know, a brilliant that. actor. <laughs> yeah. No, All right, let's sure. get into this trivia. Yeah, while 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 your yeah, internet is yeah. working, anyway, wait, I did, let's I'm, get I did, on top I, of it, right? Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I, I did the honorable that. thing. I'm going to have to be I super said, quick as well wait, now because I, wait, I might wait. be a little bit And delayed, the scores so. are level. <laughs> I thought I'm too ahead. Yeah. And the scores are level, right? Just checking, just checking, just checking. Question number one. Which right, team won go. three successive games for the first time since 2018? Newcastle. Yes, it is on the board. <laughs> Which team lost the three segment. on the bounce Spurs. for the second time? It is Spurs and Connell Spurs. got on first. Yeah, Who was the highest scorer in the league Whew. in 2022? Salah. So since the turn of the year. Oh, 2022. No. Diego Jota. No. No? Not Sterling. Sterling. Um, no? Wow. Nothing is coming to me for this. 2022. Um... <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> I'm stumped. I'm absolutely stumped, yeah. All right, quickest one. He plays for West Ham. Antonio. And it's Jared Bowen. Me Antonio. Oh, Bowen. Jared Bowen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even think Antonio scored. Salah has had a part in 25 goals this year. With the tally of 15, who was second behind him? Sane. Salah. Uh... So Salah has played, a, played a part, either assisting or scoring, in 25 goals this season. The second player is on 15. Who oh, is who's it? second? Mane? Diego Jota. No. So you're talking goals no. and assists. Who's second, yeah? Alexander Arnold? No. Raheem Sterling. Raheem Sterling. No. <laughs> Jamie Vardy. 15 goals. Um... On 15. Jared Bowen. <laughs> Not Jared Bowen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Get which it, twin brothers both scored this weekend for their respective clubs, Everton and Wigan? The Gordons Everton and Wigan. No, I just threw that out. Um, I don't, uh, you're right. No, you don't know who scored the goal for Everton? No, who scored he's, a, he's normally a centre back. Uh, Keen, he's normally a centre back. Uh, Keen, Keen. If you can tell me his first name Michael. and his brother's name, I'll... we did. And the brother's James, name, James, Tony. Uh, no idea. Michael Keen. <laughs> it's, it's Michael David and Will Keen. I think I'll give Dean. you about half a point because you're both you're both just said Keen. Yeah, but I said it first. But anyway, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> no, okay. um, who scored the hundred? And 101st senior club career goal this weekend. 
Jota. Connell finally Jota. came right. I suppose if you keep guessing Jota, eventually <laughs> you're going to get one right. <laughs> What's the score? Right? Yeah, okay. score He's got to come. I think I've guessed him in every one. Actually, Connell's in the lead for four a change. Two. So it's he's got it's four to two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Come on, I need which two fixture, more. as in the team, the team you play against, has had the fewest shots in the league. So it's not just the team Burnley. that had the fewest. It's whenever that fixture's on, the fewest shots. Yeah, I'm looking for the one oh, team. Want, so, so whenever someone on, plays, which who did you call out? That is Wolves. I was a bit confused. Who scored the quickest no, goal this season, clocking point. in at 39 seconds? Son? No, it was done on the weekend. weekend. I got no idea. Mm-hmm. Stop looking Stop looking at your computer, Connell. It was up, it was up no, against no, no. Crystal Palace. There it is, Pookie. Oh, it was, but no. It's Pookie. It is Pookie. <laughs> I, knew, I had a feeling it was from that Crystal One Palace. One more and game. take yeah. it out this week, actually. Team, which which oh, player scored on, in seven come consecutive on. games in all competitions for their team? No. <laughs> Jared Bowen. No. Diego Jota. No. Raheem Sterling. <laughs> seven oh, consecutive games. So seven. So from this game of the weekend, seven the before, weekend. yeah. I think. I think their run ended on the game of the weekend. Right, okay. No, hell no. No. Sancho? No. Sancho's he scored two in his last He's scoring three, a couple so of goals recently. quite seven in a row. <laughs> oh, two. All right, oh, there you go. Man, I'm stumped. I'm stumped. I'm stumped. It's not Coutinho, no. No, he hasn't been there for seven games. Ramsey? Um, yeah, no, he hasn't even done that. Can you tell us if it's top top 10 or bottom Taking 10? Some stay. Hang on, hang on. Before you give any clue. Uh, top of the table. Yeah, that's, it's he's from Man City. Nope. Mahrez? Man City, Jesus. That is Riyad Mahrez. Wow, this one comes down to the wire. Shit. Here's the last question. I think it's the last question. Oh, man. Isn't it five and a half? Well, either way. It is maybe a little bit of a... Oh, well, if he ties it, you're going to have to throw out a bonus question there to get a winner. All right. Oh, okay, good. All right. Well, I'm not. Which I don't want this bonus question. So let's get it. For yeah. the most headed goals in the Premier League. Leicester. Liverpool. Arsenal. No. 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 Manchester United. No, they shit at Everton. Burnley can't be Burnley. <laughs> what it is. Newcastle. Everton. <laughs> Yeah, I knew I had to get Carl someone. takes it out. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, my Lord. I was prepared to throw every name and, out. And Wade didn't want to. From start to finish. Know, oh, no. Just respect yeah. himself in that way. <laughs> yeah. You want to make... <laughs> oh, 
Well done. Well done. Uh, All right. Well done. I was desperate there, Joe. <laughs> this guy's whooped my ass in this segment the gap, the gap for two is closed, or three weeks. But in I a must row. say that um, despite Wade winning this guest the player, guess my teammate last week, normally it's Connell that mm. dominates this mm. one. So, you know, th- this this can level it up. Uh, mm. So we know the rules. He, I'll give you a few clues. He is a Premier League player that is currently playing. Um, there are no international teammates. All right. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Alvaro Adriazola. Ali Sissoko. Arthur. Arturo Vidal. Ashley Young. Benjamin Pavard. Bertrand Traore. Uh, there you go. I got Inter and Liverpool. I was just trying to piece it together. <laughs> you know when you said it was it Come was on. the who was the fourth or fifth name on Vidal there? Vidal and No. Sissoko. No, it must have been before Ali that. Sissoko. There was a name you said, and I went, yeah. yeah. I said, you see, Ali Sissoko. I knew it had to be Liverpool. From that point, Inter. and then you mentioned, Bayern. yeah, the Vidal one would have been at Bayern. Vidal was at Barcelona. At Bayern. Yeah. Ah, Barca. And then Ashley, oh, Ashley Young Inter. was at. I landed uh, at the right question. Sorry, it was the Ashley Young one. Could have been because Inter, that's Aston Villa, right? Inter. He's leveled it, eh? He's leveled it. Nah, he wasn't there with Inter. He came in after. I'm putting, yeah. I'm putting this one down well, to technical problems. I'm putting it down to technical. Tell you what, it's going, it's so. going to the wire. Hold on, Tom. I thought, uh, I thought that was it for you. I thought uh, Wayne's going to extend his lead because he's been, he's been really good with the quick hits. Um, but today, I think, um, yes, you've has. come in with your. With the strategy to guess as many guesses as quick as you can. See what sticks, huh? Throw it all out there and see what sticks. There's only so many players in the league. There's only so many clubs, right? (laughs) You have to get something. Uh, Anyway, that's another great uh, trivia about our man Rudds, of course. And we will, uh, no doubt, a fan's favorite. We know that plenty of people love this segment and we will keep it going, especially those quick hits. Guys, you might, you know, close it off with a real quick one. Um, Champions League is back, Rads. Some action happening this week and, of course, next week. Uh, United, obviously, not playing this week. The catch-up game tomorrow and then back into the Premier League action on the weekend. So, obviously, for myself, Liverpool playing Inter Thursday morning. That should be really interesting. Uh, fixture and then of course rolling into the weekend um, for that Premier League game so looking forward to it glad that everything's back in full swing and it's certainly going to be an interesting month ahead with games coming in thick and fast until the next bloody international I'll have two games on in the morning I'll be watching the United on a big screen and I'll be keeping an eye on my boy Poch and what's he doing at uh in that Real Madrid and PSG game you know we've got to see what our future manager's looking like you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the one that got away that wants to come back that well i won't be enjoying any are. champions league football, Wait, oh, what about you? um but now i'm looking forward to to the league obviously <laughs> there's a, a big break in between games for us at the moment so 
Brentford at home next. Hopefully another chance for us to um, uh, work our way towards that top four spot. So some interesting games this weekend. City and Spurs I'm looking forward to. Should be another good one. Um, you don't watch uh, Champions League if Arsenal... Uh, I'll like watch that. highlights. I won't wake up for the games, you know, to be completely honest. I might you watch, like, the semis, the finals. Or I might get into it then. But... This is her too bad, is it? It's tough. It's tough. Um, you know, the, the 20 years and then, you know, we hounded Wenger out for, uh, you know, saying top four wasn't good enough anymore. Now, in hindsight, it's like, oh, man, I missed those Champions League nights. I have to say. <laughs> now you do anything to get in that hey, four. The landscape of the league is yeah. going to be interesting over the next few years because the type of money that's getting spent in and then, you know, it's, it's do or die with some clubs. You know, if Arsenal don't make top four this season, you know, then it, it is do or die for top four next year, right? Because you can't go another season next year without top four. Um, because if you if it doesn't happen, and Arsenal won't be the only team, there'll be other teams. Oxpurs could be in the same situation, you know, three years without top four for them. Um, you know, then it's, again, it's, yeah. they can get dragged into that, that mid-table Blur, and when you're in that mid-table blur, next thing you're in a, you know, you you can scrape into a relegation fight that you don't want to be in. So, yeah. look, I um, take uh, honestly, yeah. I take a little bit of solace from um, the LA Rams winning the Super Bowl yesterday. One of Cronky's other franchises, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully, Champions League Final is the next goal for the Cronkies now. So, I, I, I'll t- tell you from experience, right? So. Um, there's a big player um, that plays for one of our owners in the States and he's got quite a few rings um, and so he plays for the for the Glazers and they won the Super Bowl last year and there's no chance because it hasn't reflected with United so <laughs> a man can help That's a man can help not happening <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. We've come to an end of yet another episode of What the Football Podcast. It's been a pleasure being your host once again on Season 4, Episode 20. And, of course, I'd like to thank my co-hosts, Rudds and Wade, timing in all the way from Melbourne. We, of course, will be back next week at the same time, same place, assessing all your Premier League action. Don't forget, catch us on our socials on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at What the Football Pod for all your weekly updates and including some comedy gold with some great, great, great memes. Don't forget to catch all our episodes on What the Football Pod at Podbean and, of course, on Apple Podcasts. But until next week, we will see you all again. Enjoy the football. Peace.